Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our new season. Uh, this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about education. I have um, a couple of questions here that I'm going to read to you and give you the answers to them. And I hope you guys are doing great and uh, ready to prepare and get more materials about Alice Learning. So um, I've been doing this uh, for some time right now, and uh, you all know that uh, what I'm doing is classic question and answer, question and answer. I just want to focus on the most practical part of this speaking part of the Alice examination. So I hope this material is going to be helpful. Without further ado, I'm going to ask the first question. What makes a good student? What makes a student good is, um, first of all, I think it's uh, responsibilities, you know, being responsible. You know, we have this notion that a student does something because the teacher said so or the mother said so. So unfortunately, due to the way our parents raise us and the education system, we tend to create an environment whereby we have to push the young ones to learn something or to be responsible in schools. Only a few of them tend to be uh, responsible, tend to be um, eager to learn. Only a few of them really are curious and excited when they they go to school. And for the other part, they might be excited because they're going to see their friends. But that's also part of learning from other students. So I could say being responsible is one of the most important characters of the students wanting to know, actually, not leaving the class without understanding what the teacher is talking about. You know, these are very, very important things. And uh, there's no point of you wasting your childhood Instead of just playing and having fun with other children, going to the classroom and sleeping, not understanding or playing on being naughty. So it's an environment where students should be allowed to practice uh, their imagination, you know, learn more, ask more questions, and the teacher should be willing to help. So I think being responsible is one of them. The second one is being respectful to their teachers, especially, and their parents at home. Um and uh, also being disciplined. Being responsible is also also involved being disciplined, but I want to specifically talk about discipline because a lot of people think that discipline is doing the hard work, but discipline is actually doing the normal work every day, you know, or depending on how you have uh, programmed yourself. Discipline involves organization. You know, it doesn't have to be something big, but you have to keep it doing little by little every day. So that's what uh, discipline is all about. What role should the teacher have in the classroom? This is a good question. What role should the teacher have in the classroom? Well, uh, since the students are supposed to be responsible, I think the main goal of the teacher should be helping students to take responsibilities, take initiatives. They don't have to actually wait for the teacher or the parents to tell them they have to do something. If they can prepare students mentally, being mentally ready, conscious, being open to learning and curiosity, uh, creativity, you know, those kind of um, positive things which could help a student grow. I think this is the best thing that the teachers could do for the students, opening their minds, helping them to be confident, to be responsible, to be conscious, 
you know, the rest of which is going to happen automatically. Even if they didn't teach something, they'll be surprised by how curious the kids are at wanting to learn through the books that they have provided to them, the resources that they have asked them to refer to, you know. They'll be learning a lot. And some teachers, because they unfortunately not very responsible themselves, they don't want students to be too responsible because it's going to be difficult for them to catch up with them and to teach them. But I think that should be a, shouldn't be a problem because a responsible student knows that a teacher is a leader. It's there to show them the way, but doesn't mean that they could reach all kinds of information. So working in a cooperative environment whereby a student could learn something and discuss it with the teacher and the teacher could learn from um, students or could uh, be excited to learn and work more uh, for uh, these very responsible students. So I think it goes both ways, but the major part that uh, the teacher should be concerned with is helping the students to be responsible. Do you think computers will one day replace teachers in the classroom? This is a very common question. Do you think computers will one day replace teachers in the classroom? I think both experiences are good and both are equally important. The placement of teachers in terms of like knowledge and efficiency of knowledge, the computers can collect a lot of data and it can reach different kinds of resources immediately compared to, to teachers. But the human touch, the personal touch, which helps the students to grow um, as humans, you know, to grow both mentally and spiritually, you know, uh, to nurture relationships between the leaders, you know, uh, understanding their friends when they're together communicating in the classroom, understanding other humans, knowing the importance and the position of their leaders, such as teachers, you know, knowing the values which are not to be explained through certain ways of logic. Probably someone could read about a value, but when another human tells them about this value, it carries a different kind of importance, you know. So when you learn a value from your parents and exercise this with other humans, it's more uh, profitable and more practical than you learning your value on the internet and trying to exercise it with other humans. You know, it just feels like a piece of information that we're going to use to exist. But when you hear it from your parents with its faults, it still feels more natural, more organic. And um, the transformation of um, this information into action also is going to be more human. How has teaching changed in your country in the last few decades? How has teaching changed in your country in the last few decades? Right. In the last few decades, uh, the, the teaching has much more uh, been through the technology. And when we were younger, we we had like the blackboards and choco and smart boards at the same time. But right now, it's majorly right. It's mainly um, smart boards, and uh, students could also learn from the internet. You know, and they could take classes from the internet. Uh, a teacher could be at their home, and they could teach their class through the internet, especially during the pandemic, a lot of um, changes had happened whereby people were not allowed to go outside. So the normal human interactions weren't very possible. So people had to learn through the internet. Those are the major changes. The references also could be provided through the internet whereby um, 
teachers could actually refer to materials or send the links to the students and the students could actually benefit from from these links all right uh, the next question is what's the difference between the way children learn and the way adults learn well i could say that um not every adult learn the same way and not every child learn the same way. But when you're talking about majority, majority of adults try to learn through logic and they tend to assess their learning process too much, too much self-assessment, uh, too much self-doubt, too much worries when they're learning. Am I getting it? which in some cases it's very logical because you don't have much time, you have to learn something really quickly and you have to apply it uh, in normal life. So there are some things that adults could learn really, really fast because of the background knowledge they have about the subject or the fundamentals they have about the subject. The children usually tend to learn naturally, you know, they learn through life itself, through living. You know, they could be doing the same math uh, problems um, addition problems, subtraction problems for some time, you know, until they get it right. So I could say like, uh, there are some things that children learn really quickly, but when it comes to logic, they tend to be a little bit, um, slower than adults. And also depends on the level of activity. If the learning adult is an active person, for example, I'm so much into learning and self-improvement. So if I, I, I dedicate myself into learning a new language, to take me a few months, but I'm, I'm not sure if the child could learn the same language in only a few months. I don't know, maybe there are some cases, but most children cannot do that. So it depends on how active and how um, um, uh, prepared uh, the experience that you have through learning languages, etc. So adults tend to have that advantage that, that they have the, the experiences, they have the great fun fundamentals. But in general, children are really quick at uh, capturing so many information, especially when they're younger. Their brains are empty. Their neurons are, um, are super, super, super active, you know. So uh, they tend to acquire a lot of information in a short amount of time, you know. How can a teacher, that's the last question here. How can a teacher make lessons for children more interesting? Well, um... I think, first of all, it depends on, on the number of students they have in the classroom. It's usually very difficult to focus on many students at the same time. So I believe the principle or um, the, when it comes to learning, one of the first thing that people should be focusing on is um, especially teachers. I'm not talking about teachers right now. So I think teachers should be focusing on trying to understand what kind of students their students are. They have to know their capacity and their learning speed. And whenever they're communicating to them, they have to know if this student uh, prefers a certain kind of jokes. Is he a serious student? Do they prefer complicated uh, information, complicated explanation, you know, etc. So most teachers use a standard as default. This is how I am. So the teacher have to conform with who I am. But usually it's the teacher who should try to adjust depending on the kind of students they have, you know. So the great teacher is the one who can actually adjust uh, depending on uh, on the challenges that they're facing, especially when it comes to uh, students. So to make it more interesting, a lot of people uh, involve some easy projects, practical projects, you know, um, getting creative, you know, involving some, um, let's say, um, 
uh, datas like statistics, you know, drawings, um, maybe uh, study trips, you know, um, having some uh, Q&A sessions in the classroom. There are so many things that a teacher could do actually to make classes interesting, but unfortunately, everyone is so focusing on trying to, to finish the curriculum of that semester because that's their first responsibility as they're being told by the administration. So whenever they cannot fulfill that, it feels like they didn't do their job. So I think if teachers could be more creative or the curriculum could be created in such a way that they have uh, very important topics, uh, few of them, but within those topics, they kind of have like different kinds of um, activities, which helps them uh, to enhance the learning process. Yeah, so uh, that's the end of the this episode. I hope it's uh, useful to you. And uh, as I always say, keep on grinding, keep on practicing. Um, the more the merrier. Uh, if you can do it every day, do it every day. You know, the closer you gap you have between practicing days, the easier it is to connect the dots. All right, thank you very much. This is Mudibajo, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in our next episode.